Welcome to Leading with Hope, a podcast for leaders and volunteers of Living Hope, helping you lead like Jesus envisions. Well, hey, Colin. Hi, Kirk. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing so well, Kirk. I'm doing so well. I'm, I'm just succeeding at a lot of things. <laughs> well, you're back in the office today. I am back in the office. That's uh, it's been a little bit of a, a change, just being in a different location. But it's it's also kind of nice. I have all my my books that I've missed. <laughs> your books readily that you've at missed. Hand. Yep. You've readily. missed your books. You haven't missed your coworkers. Is that what oh. you're saying? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll see them tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's the reopen Saskatchewan day. Yeah, have to start slowly. That's right. So. Uh, if, uh, if you're watching this live, you know that today is May 4th, um, Star Wars Day and Reopen Saskatchewan Day and uh, my 29th anniversary day. There we go. Happy anniversary. I was going to yeah. see if you said it before I said happy anniversary. <laughs> I don't know how public you want that knowledge to be. Uh, I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm perfect. quite proud, proud to be married 29 years to the same woman. That is a, Very. a great thing. Yeah. So uh, she still likes me. Uh, even after seven weeks of lockdown and isolation. <laughs> 29 years of marriage, seven weeks of lockdown isolation. It's, I'm, that's so good to he hear that you're still in love. <laughs> well, you know, some, you know, and uh, there may be some people listening about that, you know, it's this, this, uh, these seven weeks, they bring out things in us that often we don't get to experience in other times, right? That, um, some are wrestling with deep loneliness because of the mm -hmm. seven weeks that we've been through and they've been, uh, cut off from a lot of people. And I've talked with people that, uh, loneliness is a factor. Yeah. Um, I've talked with other people where, you know, uh, a marriage suddenly seven weeks of, we see each other 24 hours a day when we used to live pretty separate lives, mm -hmm. that can be a, a tension as well. Right. And so, as, as people have come through these seven weeks, there's going to be um, things that now, you know, the, the premier, I was just watching him and he talks about uh, getting back to the new normal, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, you may have come through these last seven weeks and you may have discovered things about yourself, about the people in your family, about your spouse or whatever. We don't know what it is. Uh, but I would encourage you not to just go back to, what life was or try to get back to what life was like in March, but actually lean into what you've learned about yourself. If you've learned that there's some relationship troubles, or if you've learned that there is a deep need within you that uh, was being met somewhere else, um, a loneliness or something like that, lean into that and let Jesus begin to talk with you about that and lead mm -hmm. you through to something healthy. So I think there's an opportunity for each of us. And it doesn't, you don't have to be in a a bad spot coming out of these seven weeks too, oh, right? No. You know, sometimes yeah. we can learn something about ourselves that actually Jesus just wants to take us to the next level, to the deeper place. Yeah, exactly. Or even reveal something that we thought was important in the rhythm of our life that yes. needed to be removed because it was just, it was a barrier. It was, a, might've been a good thing, but it wasn't a great thing for our life. That's right. And so take this uh, forced sabbatical seven weeks, Mm -hmm. uh, seven week sabbatical that, that you've been forced into and learn from it and grow from it and create a new normal. Yeah. Not a new normal that's based on what March was, but a new normal based on what Jesus has revealed to you. And if there's help, 
you know, if you're watching this or listening to this and we can help, uh, we'd love to do that. We have counseling resources if there, if that's what's needed. We have ideas or, or I know you were reading Celebration of Disciplines, weren't you? Or you're going? Um, I can't remember. Uh, oh, maybe you weren't. No, I don't think that was. I was reading uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Oh, that, that's but, what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a little different. It's just kind of like the core tenets for um, how to build uh, what what scripture describes as spiritual disciplines. Yeah. Yeah. Celebration of discipline is similar to that. It's just by a different author. So, I, I uh, could imagine. There you go. So Yeah. So that, that's one I'm more familiar with. But there's, so there's ideas that we can help uh, as you begin to look what this new normal is and what this new rhythm is, because we mm -hmm. don't have to go back to the way life was. Jesus yeah. has something greater for us in store as we reopen Saskatchewan and reopen our lives. Exactly. It's, we weren't the same people we were back in March and we've experienced vastly different things. And it's, you know, to find Christ in amongst the chaos and see where he's at work and join him in it. And that might even be the chaos of what we're feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, uh, I heard a story yesterday from a, a family as we embrace this reopen Saskatchewan. Um, they were considering, you know, we've, we've heard over the last, last week to expand your household. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so this one family has taken that seriously and said, okay, how are we going to expand our household? And so right now they still only have 10 people in a household, uh, but they recognize that they are four people in a household. And so they have room for six. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so they began to look at their extended family and to invite their extended family to be part of their household. Whereas before they just kind of sequestered themselves and it was there for, and that was, and no more. Yeah. Now they're saying, let's invite our extended family in uh, to be a part of our household. And one of the neat things and why I bring it up is what they're doing is they're saying, okay, let's worship together as an extended household. And yeah. so now it's there for plus another six, all worshiping together uh, on Sunday mornings at 1030. And yeah. uh, that excited me to know that, that families are starting to think about that, right? Yeah. And I think this is definitely the time to, to start planning out for your family, for, for yourself, how you're going to reopen into life. Because, you know, as a province, it's being figured out. But for you individually, you're going to have, we're going to have to each take a look at how we're going to open ourselves up to our neighborhoods, to our extended families, to kind of the general population as well. How are we going to interact yeah. with those? So, yeah. 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 So, you know, if you've got room in your 10, you know, begin to think about who is it that you want to bring into that 10 and, uh, and welcome into then when we go to 15 at phase three, you know, think who is the intentional person that I'm going to invite the people that I'm going to invite to be a part of my expanded household. And if you're listening to this is because you're a leader of living hope of, of living hope. And uh, you're part of, of the family. And one of the things that we've been talking about is we aren't going to be able to meet again as a big group for some time. Yeah. And so I have this, uh, this dream or this vision of a network of house churches throughout Regina. And I mean, that's why we hired you a year ago. Little yeah. did we know that that's actually what's going to be forced upon us. Exactly. Who knew? Something and, so beautiful would grow from the ground. So Yeah. And so if you're, you're watching this or leading or uh, listening to this, then, you know, think about it. You become a house church leader mm -hmm. and uh, it begins by saying, who's part of my 10. Now, when the premier says it's 15, who's part of my 15, when the premier says it's 30, 
who's part of my 30 and yeah. begin to have church in your house. We'll provide uh, somebody to preach. We'll provide somebody to, to lead in music. Uh, we'll provide all of that over the live stream. And all you need to do is invite people into your home and be a, a, a host. Mm-hmm. And, Amen. Uh, yeah. So that's, that was an exciting story just to hear somebody begin to think along that lines. And, uh, you know, we've got weeks ahead uh, before they, any of these restrictions start to go up to 15 or 30. Yes. So lots of time to think about it. But, uh, you know, if you're listening, if you're watching, just begin to think about it. Who is, who is it that Jesus is leading you into? You talked about person of peace last week, Colin. Yes, I did. Yep. And maybe this is a person of peace that you're looking for. And so if you invite them and they say no, that's good. Just that's not the person Jesus has for you. Invite somebody else into your household. Yep. No is just an opportunity to go somewhere else. Yeah. And if if, uh, having people into your house is a little freaky, because I think, you know, uh, Emma's had a friend that has come and they've hung out on the driveway. They've hung out in the deck. They've hung out in the backyard. And I've said, really, just come into the house. I'm okay. Like, there's no big deal, right? And, uh, but for some reason, they just don't want to come into the house and I get it. Some people are going to be freaked out. So get your TV outside or get your computer outside and mm-hmm. sit on the deck and, uh, and do yeah. that outside because the weather's going to be good and beautiful in, uh, hopefully someday like yep. soon or, <laughs> or, or pop the garage open and just have some seats in there. If it does rain, oh, yeah, like there's, there's tons idea. of, yeah, there's tons of ways to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I had a question um, come to me on email today, and this isn't in our show notes uh, to talk about. But... Oh, great. You're fielding me your email. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, no, no. I'm not good. fielding it. I just thought we're talking about church and we're talking about worshiping together. Maybe I should say something on the podcast about this because there's, you know, there's, there's a, a group of people that listen to this. But it was a question about driving church. Yes. And uh, whether or not Living Hope is going to do drive-in church. And we've talked about this. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Yep. And we've kind of come to this place just for everybody that's listening and watching. We've come to this place where we've said, we're not going to pursue that at this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, not that this isn't a good thing, uh, drive in church. We yeah. just, you know, we want to put our energy towards the house church and to helping people to form these micro churches throughout Regina. That would be one reason why the second is I think it becomes more difficult as it gets warmer out. Um, because you get, uh, you know, our parking lot will hold 220 cars and, uh, with social distancing, it goes down to 110 cars. Uh, and so our congregation could easily fill the parking lot and beyond at a hundred, if we can only get 110 cars in there, we usually get 150 to 170 on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you get that many cars there. And one of the considerations is if it's hot out, I'm going to roll down my window, right? Yes, that's that's one response. Yeah, that would be probably the most responsible response would be to roll down your window. But then, yeah, but that violates the restrictions that we have. The other response would be to keep your car idling for an hour with the air conditioning going. And that doesn't seem responsible to us from a creation perspective and uh, the pollution that it generates. Yeah, I, I. I don't know. I bet. Well, I grew up in BC, and and no idol has been uh, a rule there for a long, long time. And so yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think it's a good response for a church service to have, even if only like ten vehicles were idling. That's still ten way too many. So yeah. So for us, 
uh, we're not feeling that it's the right choice and that house churches is the right way to go. For some churches, though, I, I want to say, you know, it's not that we're down on, on uh, if no, someone's no. listening to this and they're from another church, we're not down on drive-in church. We're just saying nope. for our situation, it's not the right one. There are some churches uh, where some of my peers are leading churches where they don't have the bandwidth to do live like we do. Um, they just well, don't yeah. have the facilities, all these things that, that we are blessed with. So in our context, our situation, we're not feeling it's right, but for other churches, it may be. And we bless them and wish them just the very best with that. But that's a, a hard decision we made last week. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that you just mentioned like bandwidth. I know a couple of churches that, you know, internet is not equal across this country, it just isn't. Yeah. And so for uploading or even streaming live, the the amount of time put in is is just too much but to do something live and do a drive-in church because it's not only the people the pastor trying to upload a video or run something live it's those trying to watch it later and yeah. if the internet is not sufficient for it then there's a better method i think drive-in church is that but here i think it would be great to see small you know as we open up see see us move from kind of scattered into like 190 homes and see that shrink down into like 120 homes as people yeah. kind of start gathering together in inappropriate numbers. And I think that is a, is a healthy thing to do, especially, and I think when you talk about expanding your family, I think it's important to remember it's not inviting different people each week, but it's the same people and having that rhythm of meeting each week together yeah. and just slowly swelling. That's right. And we, we had this, uh, two years ago, we started this going beyond campaign, which says, uh, we want to, we want to go beyond the doors of the church, beyond the parking lot of the church. Um, we should be careful what we pray for. Yeah. Did you guys do this? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not how that works. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it is a real thing, right? Like we started yeah. dreaming of planting, um, missional communities, micro churches, house churches around Regina. We dreamed of being a church that, um, is in every corner of the city and beyond. Mm. And, and uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, actually this is what Jesus does to the disciples in, uh, in Acts, uh, is that they get settled in Jerusalem. The church grows to 20,000, something like that. And then all of a sudden this great wave of persecution breaks out. And the only yeah. people that are left, actually there's a lot of similarities here. The only people <laughs> that are left in Jerusalem are the disciples, the leaders of the church, whereas the church actually spreads out throughout all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, right? Yeah. And here we have, who are the only people that are left at the church? Um, the pastors. And everybody yep. else is spread out to the, uh, the four corners of the city. So, uh, wow, we should be careful what we pray for. Um, it's a but even as I thing. say that, even as I say that, oh, oh Lord Jesus, bring more, more, yep. more of this. So, uh, yeah. So no drive-in church, but house churches coming soon to a neighborhood mm -hmm. near you. And if you want to sit in your car, in your garage and have church together, have at it. I'm not going to judge yeah. you. So uh, yeah, that'll be your house drive-in church. Definitely. It, it could work. It okay, could we work. should talk about this sermon. Yeah, we could do that quickly. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, let's talk about it a little <laughs> bit. Remind, this is the last sermon of our, our beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yep. And, and it was titled Kingdom Come Next Door. Kingdom yep. Come. What was it? Remind us of the big idea. Uh, the big idea was um, that uh, just uh, with the incarnation, how Christ moved into our neighborhood, he, he entered the mess of our lives 
uh, we are sent in the same way that he was um, to be incarnate with our neighborhoods, to represent the kingdom uh, right next door. And that uh, the beautiful harvest field that's described in Matthew 9 is, is our neighborhood. Like, mm. um, and I think, I think for me, you know, just being an incarnate neighbor, um, that means being present with the people around us, not, not, you know, escaping and just using our house for living in and sleeping in and then driving away from it each day and spending the predominant amount of our waking hours away from it, yeah. um, but being incarnate neighbors. And so, uh, yeah, I think that it's just uh, the harvest field for me. I, you know, it's a beautiful, I love how Jesus calls us to pray that, but I'm always reminded that when I was younger, I always prayed that it would be other people sent hmm. into the harvest field. <laughs> Yeah, that you know somebody would be sent to Africa or sent to over to overseas to China, and it wasn't never really thought that you know the big sending was just for people to step outside their front doors. So yeah, so you talked about incarnation here. Yeah, and during this sermon, and you talked about four words: proximity and peace, restoration and relationship. Yep. Expand on that for me. What what is this incarnation? Why is it such an important word? You know, um, yeah, we were jo we were joking. Like incarnate means to to be with flesh on. Like Christ came down into our mess, and we needed um, we needed a savior who was who was Jesus, fully God, fully man, and uh, fully represented uh, the creation and the Creator. But in it, um, when he does this, he he comes into proximity. He comes into into relationship and he he does this uh to bring peace where it was lacking and so in creation after the fall we were missing um the full peace of god and what that was supposed to be and um so christ brought that into through his proximity and through his relationship but i also mentioned that he brought restoration and i can't think of an example of restoration where a relationship is not isn't needed like you you can provide relief. And I think the Christian church, we're really good at providing relief um, overseas, sending money, those sorts of mm -hmm. supports. But it's the, it's the restoration that we see within scripture um, that Christ provides for his creation, but then also for us as his followers that we're supposed to represent out into our neighborhoods. And, mm. and that's only possible with relationship. Otherwise it is a, is just a program. And, mm. but he brought it through the relationship, through, you know, I read the, the son of man came, you know, to, to, I've got this wrong a couple of times on Sunday, <laughs> not to serve, but to serve. And yeah. he came to save the lost, but he came doing it by eating and drinking. And I always, those three texts are just fascinating just to have the mission of Jesus laid out in that way, but also the method in which he did it because he didn't come and, you know, set up a perfect program for restoration. He, and call it that he he came and set up relationships yeah. intimate relationships with the disciples with the followers even with the people who heard him uh preach so yeah isn't it interesting that the god of the universe who can do anything right yeah uh, when it comes to redemption he doesn't he doesn't just snap a finger mm -hmm. he doesn't just uh give an order he doesn't do it from a distance he actually comes yeah. near in order to make life better for all of us right yeah and and christy and i talked about this actually we wish i had thought of this in my sermon she brought it to my attention just that 
every every blessing where God answered a prayer in our lives um, in a miraculous way, there is another human involved. Mm. He used his church, you know, to bless us when, you know, when our car broke down and Christy was working at a Christian bookstore. It was a, it was a lady who donated her money to us, wow. but it, should be, it was because she felt prompted by God to do it. Um, you know, when a church, uh, it was Rock Point in uh, Calgary provided a, a Christmas meal for us, a poor uh, college couple. Like it was, it was a, it was the body blessing outward because it had received the blessing from God. And so God yeah. extended that blessing beyond the initial. So, and the only way that we do that, you know, the only way that a, a church knows that you need a Christmas meal, right. Is if there is somebody that is actually pressing the flesh as it were, um, yep. in proximity to each other, in relationship with each other. Yeah. You know, the joke that we had on stage, because nobody heard the joking that we were doing, thankfully. No, no, the this mics time. were oh, off. But we're just going to reveal it here. The cameras were off. But while yep. Shauna was, was doing her talk and she was talking about incarnation, uh, I joked that it's not con carne, it's incarnate, right? And so the con carne, it's not chili con carne, chili with meat. It chili is, with meat, yeah. It is in the flesh it is in meat right yeah uh, that that was the joke that we were we were going back and forth about uh, in case you're wondering what we were joking about but it, <laughs> it is this idea you know i think sometimes you know i, I know it's funny it's different languages this has nothing to do with each other but it, no at the same time um you know a lot of times we we try to be concarny right mm. we try to be with but not pressing the flesh with it right yeah not um, not not with that proximity we just want to oh we'll meet the need but you know without the relationship from a yeah. distance right mm -hmm. this isn't what jesus did right yeah uh and you think about oh. the people that he had relationship with right um he didn't you know a rabbi would typically you know well you told this in the good samaritan right the rabbi sees the, the person by the side of the road and they're not going to go over. And there's lots of speculation as to why they didn't go over yeah. from, they would have made themselves ritually unclean to all these sort of things. Right. Yep. Um, they were concarny. They were with their, mm -hmm. they were there alongside them, but not close yeah. enough to actually help. But no. it was the Samaritan that was incarnate that was with them in the flesh so much so that, you know, if the guy had been beaten and was probably bloody, um, sweaty, wet, you know, whatever, all of that would be on the Samaritan as he carries him um, yeah. to his borough, you know, or, or does whatever he's doing with him. Yeah. And that's the model that Jesus has is that Jesus wasn't just removed from everybody, but he was actually with the person who was mm -hmm. caught in adultery close enough yep. to talk to them. He was with the person who was, you know, lived a discredited life. He was with the, the zealot and, you know, so much so he, he lived with, with a zealot and his disciples. He lived with someone who stole from the treasury. You know, yeah. he, he lived with braggarts. He lived with the sons of thunder who were constantly arguing and making big noises, right? Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and that is the, the model that we have of what life is meant to be like is yeah. uh, around people that sometimes drive you crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> around and, people that may not be like oh, you and yes yeah yeah and i think like um well we just mentioned the the story of the good samaritan but if we if we say that jesus 
was the good Samaritan in that story, if he was like, it was because the religion at the time thought if I come in contact with something dirty or unclean or, or yeah. just unpleasant, then it's going to pollute me. Yeah. But in the example of Christ, we see that the, the unpollutable, the God of the universe comes down in the form of man um, and isn't polluted, but starts cleaning us as yeah. an entire creation. Yeah at that point and that's what we're called to do into our neighborhoods is to kind of step into the mess of our neighborhoods mm. not that we're going to become the saviors but to heart, to start living out the kingdom life of a new realization that um we can live free in christ and that we can extend that blessing on and that love on to others so wow. yeah so you th you know that um you you sparked something when you talked about the the good samaritan and where's jesus in in that if you think about it jesus isn't jesus is the great high priest right yeah but he's not like the high priest or the priest in that story no. um, he is like he is the samaritan the yeah. outcast who now comes and tends to your wounds because you are the one who's been beaten and left by the side of the road amen right yeah. and when we come to this realization where we accept what jesus has done for us now we become we can, I, we can be the priest, right? Yeah. And some of us are very good at that. Yep. But Jesus calls us to be like him and to be the Samaritan who's caring yeah. for the, the brokenness and the woundedness of the man who's laying by the road. Just as Jesus did it for us, we are to do it like he did. Yeah. And I think that that would take us into our apply it point even. Mm -hmm. um, the faith of the priest there, his, his, his faith, his belief system had no real impact in the life of the man that was beaten. Yeah. It meant nothing to him. Mm. But the question is, is uh, when we look at Christ and the way he operated, um, when, when we look at our own faith, is our faith going to impact those around us? Like, are mm. they going to actually feel what we believe? Are they going to see what they, we believe? Are they going to actually experience what we believe um, by our relationship with them? And, yeah the only answer yes to that is if we have a relationship with it, with yeah. them. If, yeah. if we don't, then they're going to see a house yeah. and they're not going to see the home that it is. They're not going to see um, the, this, like the fact that it is um, a dwelling place of uh, a person of the kingdom. They're just going to see another house on their block. Yeah. So, the question so he, is, like, is our faith going to make a difference in our neighborhood? That's right. So the question to ask your community groups in all of this is, uh, is your household incarnate or concarnate? Ooh, I like it. Yeah. There you I, go. And, and please don't send us emails and, and don't post Facebook <laughs> posts. We know that we are butchering like a couple different languages by doing that it is, this way. Yeah. But it's catchy and it's it funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a good point though. Like it it is what Jesus asks Peter at the end of John at the book of John. Like when when I mentioned that in the sermon, just like when Jesus re um, reinstills Peter and he asks him, "Do you love me?" It wasn't yeah. just a, fa uh, a a relational question. It was like, "Is this going to impact how you move forward from here, Peter?" Yeah. Like, is your faith in me? Is your love for me going to transform how you live out? And it did because. Peter was the first one to take the message to the Gentiles. 
And uh, he was the first one to preach publicly in the power of the Holy Spirit. His, his love, love for Christ from that moment on, when he really hammered home, it transformed how he lived and it transformed what was around him because of that. So, yeah. So, so ask your, ask your community groups, you know, mm-hmm. ask them what is their household? You know, if, if they were to, you know, we often think about this from a church perspective. We say if the church wasn't in a neighborhood, what, what would the, what would be lost? What would be no longer happen? But I think now, as we start talking about house churches, um, yeah. ask the question, if you moved out of your neighborhood, if the Cowmans moved out of 3,600, I'm not going to say the rest of the thing because this is on the internet. <laughs> I just caught myself there. But if my family moved yep. out of our community, I mean, people can look it up if they really want to know it. Whatever. I don't hide from anything. But, uh, you know, if, if the Cowmans moved out of our neighborhood, would our neighborhood be any different? Yeah. And that is the answer. You know, what you come up with or what you think about, that is the answer of whether your household is incarnate or concarnate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need to be on a journey to be incarnational in our communities. Yeah. So Colin, um, you know, this was the last sermon. Uh, you, uh, we talked about where you want us to take this to be incarnational in our faith. Any last thoughts as you think about this series? It is not done because it's just meant to go into the neighborhood, hit the streets and, and start doing it. Yeah. It's, um, I think the, the final point, I guess, if I was to like to sum this up, like, oh man, I would discredit my own sermons by saying this, but I think throughout history, the church has had uh, thousands, if not millions of amazing servants preached, but we only see true impact when we see lives dedicated to Christ who are, who live out the faith. That's mm. where true transformation happens. It's not in the transmission of information but it is in it's in the declaration of a transformed life through relationships so i just encourage people to read their bibles and to see the love of christ for their neighborhoods and how important it is to live it out in the proximity of where you live yeah that's good that's good so next week we uh we move on to a new series and actually we're we're shooting we're, we're shooting we're recording we're whatever we do these days <laughs> Whatever is happening. Uh, whatever we do, we are recording the podcast. We're going back to a Thursday recording mm-hmm. day, um, which, you know, we started doing that with the intention of uh, getting this information out to community group leaders before they, they are going to gather with their groups. So we're going back yes. to that style. We took a break during COVID-19. Um, not that it's over. It's still very nope. much here, but we're starting, to, we're reopening everything. So, yep. We're going to, this Thursday, there'll be a new podcast, webcast dropped, and uh, we are starting a new series on the book of Revelation, at least the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. and uh, called Praxis. I love it. Yeah. So Living anyways. it out, Praxis. That's right. So thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Colin, for preaching a great series. Well, thank you very much, Kirk, for the opportunity, and thank you, everyone else, for listening. <laughs> and uh, have a great may the fourth may the fourth be with you may the fourth be with you too talk to you later bye see you man